Each year, we select a commencement speaker that we feel will have a message appropriate for this class. And this year, obviously, there are many issues that we could ask a commencement speaker to address, and uh, so it was quite an opportunity. We want our speaker to be a prominent leader in his or her field and a visionary. And our speaker must understand and respect the significance of this day, not just for our graduates, but also for our faculty and staff, and for the family and friends who are gathered here in the, at this memorable occasion. Mary Nichols, our speaker, was appointed by Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger as chairman of the California Air Resources Board in 2007. And she returns to the Air Board 30 years after serving in the same role under Governor Jerry Brown from 1978 to 1983. She, was, she has devoted her entire career to public and private not-for-profit service, advocating for the environment and public health. In addition to her work at the Air Board, Mary Nichols has held a number of positions, including Assistant Administrator for the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency's Air and Radiation Program under the Clinton Administration, Secretary for California's Resource Agency from 1999 to 2003, and director, most, and most recently director of UCLA's Institute of the Environment. As one of California's and the nation's first environmental lawyers, she initiated precedent-setting test cases under, under the Federal Clean Air Act and California air quality laws while practicing as a staff attorney for the Center for Law in the Public Interest. In her return as chairman of the Air Board, Mary Nichols' priorities include the state's landmark climate change program, as well as curbing pollution from diesel trucks, off-road equipment, and ports activities. Mary holds a Juris Doctorate degree from Yale Law School and a Bachelor of Arts degree from Cornell University. She is also a professor of law at the UCLA Law School. Please help me in welcome, please help me to extend a welcome to our, the esteemed Mary Nichols. Thank you, Dean Van Offen, and to uh, all of you, Chancellor, faculty, students, and staff. For many of the graduates here, this day marks the 16th straight year or more of being in school. And I know most of you are eager to leave it behind and to jump into the next chapter of your lives. You're certainly ready for it, and you can be proud of all those years of hard work. I'm honored to be here today uh, as UC Davis is also celebrating its centenary. I can't tell you what the world is going to look like 100 years from now, but what you all face is undoubtedly, quantitatively and quantitatively, very different from what decades ago students in your position were facing. Scientists, of course, did predict some of what we're facing right now, and they were right, but it took a while for the rest of us to catch up. We simply are at a point that has no equal in my lifetime. From almost any perspective, we are looking at what President Obama has called a planet in peril. The specter of climate change simply has no precedent. Changes in California's climate are already taking place, outstripping the ability to adapt. 
for the things, the ecosystems that many of you have been studying here. Our state's agriculture, its ecology, its water resources. Precipitation patterns are changing, and they're going to be changing even more. The snowpack in the Sierra is already shrinking, and it will shrink by as much as 90%, we believe. There are already more forest fires. Sea level is estimated to rise a meter, seriously impacting our 1,100 miles of priceless coastline. And our efforts to clean up air pollution in California, especially in our urban areas, are becoming increasingly difficult, if not impossible, because of what we now call a climate penalty. Despite our best efforts to reduce pollutants from cars and other sources, the higher temperatures will generate even greater quantities of ozone and other forms of toxic pollution. There is no sugarcoating these facts. The planet that we share and its life-sustaining abundance that we have taken for granted is changing in ways that are simply unpredictable. We are on an unplanned voyage into an uncertain future. Vice President Al Gore put it best when he said that we should feel a great sense of urgency because this is the most dangerous crisis we've ever faced. But it also provides us with opportunities, he went on to say, to do a lot of things we ought to be doing for other reasons anyway. And to solve this crisis, we can develop a shared sense of moral purpose. I want to talk a little bit more about the things that we can be doing and that shared sense of moral purpose. But first, I want to talk about something that dwarfs the issue of cataclysmic, unpredictable, and abrupt changes in our climate. I am referring, of course, to the current job market for college graduates. For most of you, the prospect of oceans rising a meter over the next century is probably less disturbing than the prospect of having to go and live with your parents next month. So I'd like to share with you uh, some encouraging facts. Um, and these are from a study that was actually just released uh, that, was, uh, that was commissioned by the Pew Charitable Trust. Uh, this is a study about the relative impacts of investments in environment and clean energy in California versus the rest of the country. And what it reports is that in 2007 alone, clean energy spurred the opening of 10,209 new businesses with 125,390 new jobs in the state of California. Venture capital investments in the Golden State totaled nearly $6.6 .6 billion from 2006 to 2008, which is about five times the rate of investment in our next runner-up state, Massachusetts. The number of new environment-related jobs grew by 9.1% over a 10-year period that ended in 2007, two and a half times faster than the workforce of the United States as a whole. And these new jobs include everything from clerks and construction workers to skilled craftsmen and engineers to designers, architects, and, yes, professors. So, there are fields that include many new uh, skills that uh, many of you have already obtained, including work in the fields of energy production, energy efficiency, environmentally friendly manufacturing, conservation, pollution control, and ecosystem restoration. Now, I know that these are not necessarily jobs that are waiting right outside the door at the moment, people with clipboards waiting to sign you up 
but believe me, they are there at the end of the tunnel. And the light that you see at the end of the tunnel is probably a thin film, solar powered, low energy LED. As those of you who've been following this uh, know, it's a time of great challenge, but it is also a time of real opportunity in these new fields. And so I'm honored to be here looking out at the people who are going to be steering us through the uncharted waters of climate change to the shores of a new world of clean and sustainable energy. The simple fact is that every one of you has the kind of training that's needed at every level of our society in the coming decades. So I may not be able to be here as a cheerleader, but I am here to help give you the call to arms and to ask you to help me in facing this challenge and to throw yourselves into work that will engage you and help others in ways that at this point you may not even be able to imagine. And frankly, I'm also a little bit envious because today's graduates bear at your age probably more responsibility and more opportunity to shape the future than any other generation since those who fought World War II on behalf of my parents' generation uh, decades ago. The subjects that you have been studying just happen to be those that are most relevant to what we need. And so I know that you will be the next generation of people who are going to be out there doing the regional and community development, the steward, being the stewards and managers of our resources, our working landscapes, our agricultural lands, and our environment. And in this, you follow in the footsteps of those who have taken the motto of UC Davis's centennial to heart, discover what matters. And you're also following, to be more specific, in the footsteps of other UC Davis graduates who are now working on behalf of these issues right now uh, at my agency, the California Air Resources Board. In fact, we have five former students of one of the faculty members who's here today who are working for us right now. And I'd like to mention just a couple of others by name because it gives you a little bit of a sense of the arc of careers that you may be able to look forward to. We have John Constantino, who uh, graduated in civil engineering, started out writing permits for Yolo County, maybe not the job that he was most excited about, but he discovered a talent for writing and negotiating legislation. He worked in our legislative unit, and he's now a leader in our Office of Climate Change. Or Catherine Dunwoody, a chemist who started out analyzing samples in a lab but got interested in the zero emission vehicle program while working with electric cars and is now the executive director of the California Fuel Cell Partnership, a public-private consortium of car manufacturers, oil companies, and technology companies that is helping to accelerate the development of fuel cells and hydrogen-powered cars. I think it's clear from these examples that what we're looking for at the Air Resources Board and what is increasingly needed at every level of government are college graduates with an interdisciplinary approach and a desire to take on new challenges. So you will have a great start here. And fighting climate change, I can guarantee you, is going to take all of your creativity and ingenuity. And if the challenge may seem overwhelming at the moment, just remember that you don't have to save the world all at once. But it would be good if you could preserve just one wetland. You don't necessarily have to help 
save all of California's agricultural industry, but it would be great if you could develop a single new variety that, would, that could withstand the coming changes in our climate. And you don't have to be able to change the world for all species, but it would be great to help working on developing a recovery plan for just one. That's how we're going to have to face the future and put the puzzle together as a series of interlocking solutions brought together by individuals who can see beyond their own specialized area of knowledge and who are committed and dedicated to addressing the challenges one answer at a time. Now it's true that most of you will probably look forward to careers in the private sector at bioengineering firms maybe or in the clean tech companies that are rising up all over the place uh, around our state and that will be, we hope, providing us with the new technologies that will help pave a way for a low carbon future. But I also want to make a pitch to you that a direct and effective approach, especially given the kind of educations that you now have, would be to think about joining the public sector. And I'm even going to suggest that you get involved in politics. I know that working at any level of government means having to work with politicians, legislators, and other elected officials. It can be messy and sometimes even brutal, but the world of politics is perhaps the single most important and powerful place to engage if you truly want to make a difference, where you can develop and set in place the kind of forward-looking policies that we need to develop a sustainable economy and a clean energy future. So I'm standing between you and your degrees, and they are waiting for you. We all have great hopes for you, and I want you to get out there and get to work finding the solutions. Thank you for letting me share this very special occasion with you.